Hey, Sherry, are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. You hear that sound? You know what that is? I do hear that sound, and I think it's the sound of season seven. You are correct. That is the sound of season seven of This Most Unbelievable Life, the podcast. Woohoo! We've made it seven seasons with our excellent listeners at our side. We appreciate all of the support that we get, and we're looking forward to another great season. Yes, indeed. Let's get on with the show. Good afternoon, Dr. Spiegel. Hello, Paul Fitzgerald. We just engaged in a very good staring contest. We did. We did. And this is uh, this is take two. I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to let that out. Yeah, like, I, yeah I, 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 I have a hard time holding it in. I don't know if we've ever done a take two quite like this before. I don't know if we have either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So we had a bit of podcast recording that we have decided was not recorded. It was not recorded. Yeah. So uh, long story short, while when recording with two microphones, make sure that both of them are actually uh, turned on and not just one. This might have actually solved a problem that I've long had with how I hear our podcast. Mm. I always think that I am too loud. And so having my microphone turned off might have been your subconscious way of solving my personal feelings yeah, about my that podcast. That is voice. way more complicated than I, would, uh, than I would put into it. But if I think about it, it's like, I'll, I'll obviously go back and listen to it and yeah. see what it sounds like. But the only Sherry that was coming in was like bouncing off the wall behind me and coming back in. And audio, digital audio processes are pretty good these days. It might be able to. Yeah, we'll see what you get. Run the compressor a couple of times and, and get that out of there. I think Let's I'm just see. that loud that you won't have to have. You're not that loud. Mm. You're not that loud. Let we all hear ourselves a differently. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we were just talking about that. We were. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Do you want to say more about that? It's up to you. Yeah, sure. Um, we were just talking about that. And That's, <laughs> uh, That's it, what I've curi- heard. Yeah, it's curious. Um, what, uh, I don't even know how to, how to, how to say it. I, I was listening. This is this is how this. I'll just do a narrative, right? So I was listening to more audio of myself over the last week or two than I usually do. Mm-hmm. I recorded a a thirty minute presentation for a, a wellness summit that we had here on campus, and um, it was a Zoom presentation. But I may have had a microphone in the vicinity turned on at the time. And so I was like, I was like, that was pretty good. I can release that. Maybe if it's any good, or I didn't think that I was going to, it's like, I'll record it and see what happens. And if it's good, I'll release it. And so I was cleaning that up a little bit and doing a little noise removal and chopping out names and keeping it, you know, taking out the Q and A as one mm -hmm. does. Um, It was good. It was a lot of fun. And listening and putting together the podcast from last week after we did the workshops and I, this, this, uh, not not discerning mind starts coming in. A critical mind starts coming in. And it's mm-hmm. like, I slur my words. I talk too fast. I talk at a lot of different volumes. I'm loud here, but I'm quiet here. 
and it's all in nothing, not not too much kind. Mm-hmm. You know, boy, Paul, you should do articulate your L's well. I don't know. You know, so and nothing you had to say to yourself was kind or edifying. Not Is over that- the last week, mm-hmm. <laughs> it hasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm doing pretty okay in the world, but it's like that audio. I, could, I so I mean, even before we started to record this, you know, it was like I'm going to attempt to talk a little slower <laughs> on this podcast just because the I, I I felt like I heard myself talking a lot, really slurring my words together. Yeah. talking really fast over this last couple of weeks so yeah um that's curious i think we i think all of us hear ourselves and perceive ourselves in ways that we often bring a lot of judgment to mm-hmm. i mean i don't know maybe i should speak for myself and it's funny that we're talking about this in part because i'm thinking about it in relationship to a thing we put up on a board in a room we were talking in mm. just Two days ago, Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. So we started brainstorming what makes people unhappy. Mm -hmm. And we came up with a list of two items, which I think is pretty good. Just two things make all people Mm -hmm. unhappy. And they were resistance and judgment. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's part of it, right? Like, you brought resistance and judgment to your podcast voice. Yeah, I did. I did. Judgment over what it was hearing and resistance resistance to it being okay the, the way that it was. Mm-hmm. And I could really feel that. And it was like, I really need to talk slower. And I started to do not not really shooting, but because it's like I, I don't should myself too often with, I should do this, I should do that. And like I, I see how hollow mm-hmm. that is with respect to some things. I mean, there are some things that I – I have like really bad habits that I had in the past. It's like, I should stop doing that. And it's like, yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> it's like, I totally agree with myself when I say that about this particular thing. Um, it was more of a, this other, it's it's like the, the uh, how would I say it? It's, it's like the false positive spin on shooting oneself, which can be just as, uh, just as, challenging if not more insidious Mm -hmm. so it's not i should talk more clearly i should i should speak more slowly it's this incessant feeling like we always need to strive towards self-improvement as a noble thing Mm -hmm. we and it it sort of gets put into and i don't disagree with this at all i mean there's room for that there's space for it and it's not a bad thing if you were in a workshop you should get a survey you should do a post-mortem and you know what worked well what could work better next time there, there's room for all of that there's room for all of that but you know there's so much of a of a cultural push towards self-improvement and life hacks that you can use to you know do improvement here and do improvement there that you end up seeing everything as an opportunity to grow. And it's natural, I think, on on occasion for that to, if, if we don't do that mindfully, to come out um, in a very judgmental and, resist- and resistant yeah. way. Yeah, 
I think you're right. I'm going to listen to this thing and I'm going to undergo some self-improvement. I'm going to think about how we can do this better. And it's like, you talk too fast and you slur your words. Can you imagine the poor listener who has to suffer through this podcast, listening to you slur your words for 89 episodes? And of course, the counter argument is, well, if they're here after 89 episodes, clearly you're doing something right, or at least not doing it too badly. So it, it's this weird. And then once, you're, once your mind is at that point, you're just off to the races of self-judge, self-judgment right. and chewing yourself up a little bit. There's so much... There's so, like this idea of self-improvement and this continual growth is at the cost of self-acceptance. And I think like we give a lot of lip service to like, oh, accept yourself, embrace yourself, but keep improving, right? Yeah, like, right. Um, how do we... If you do this other thing, you can accept yourself even more. Right. You know? Like, well, and then, you know, while well, your lack of self-acceptance is really something you should work on, right? Like, it still becomes a to-do to item. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's really interesting. Like, I think when, before we started recording and you were like, just so you know, I'm going to be working on, like, self-improvement during this podcast. <laughs> I li- think, which I literally did. I literally said that. Right. Yeah. I think my, like, I responded uh, calmly and graciously and no, none of those things. I was like, oh, crap, no. Um, it did, like, I resisted that so much. And I think there's two reasons for it, at least, which, as I said that, I am judging the fact that I, lately I've been saying there are two reasons for, like, everything. Right, right. right. Um, but one of the reasons I think I resisted it was the sense of, well, holy crap, if he's going to slow down, then I have to slow down. <laughs> and if he's going to work on making his podcast game better, then I'm going to have to. Yeah, right. And then right, it just right. became like this whole thing of like, well, now, like now there's not going to be any ease to the podcast. It's going to be whatever, whatever. We're going to turn it into work or die trying. Right. Like, oh, let's go. To, we got to make sure it's good. Um but I think part of this, too, is also related to um, how I chose to start the month of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing kind of a kind of self-reflective exercise, um, actually using tarot cards as Ooh. like a, mm-hmm. a generator. I'm not sure that I've talked to you about this. Um, no, it sounds new. Sounds yeah, new. That, that I think this is new information for you and our listeners. Nice. Um, we'll all learn together, listeners. We'll all learn together. Yeah, so I did this... Um, this like little thing for the beginning of November um, where I was like using these four cards to help me discern like what I wanted to focus on, what I wanted to see manifest through this month. And from that activity, the theme that came out was slowing down, changing my pace um, and like act less, ponder more. Like that's kind of like my theme. Mm. And so I think part of my response to your, like, I'm going to slow down was like, damn it, like, I spoke this into the world, right? Like, I I want to slow down. And here's another reminder of a space that, I mean, what would it cost us, right? Like, if if we slowed ourselves down on the podcast. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, podcasts are not a great medium for quiet contemplation. No. 
<laughs> no. Like I think I'm the, just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there for <laughs> for starters. The moment we just had was probably the yeah, most silence yeah, we've right, had on this podcast. Right, right. And you should cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do the the gap filler or whatever and yeah. chop, chop a couple of seconds out of that. Or maybe I won't. We'll Don't, see. Yeah. Um well I think the risk is that the is a loss of spontaneity, mm-hmm. right? And um Regard. I don't know if that has to be true because mm-hmm. it, it it's. I think. Are is is just the way that I I talk, because like I, I I talk at this rate and I talk at this way in my in my class and that's like well then it must be fine or it's like oh my god can they not understand me either so, um, I don't know but I, part of me wants to say it's like I don't think the cost of slowing down is high but at the on the other hand I I have no reason to think that there's not an actual sort of some sort of price to be paid for it right because there's a price to be paid for for all of these things all things yeah. come at the at the at the expense of something else for better or for worse i'm not saying that's always a bad thing i have an observation though yeah if i might offer it you don't speak at the same pace on this podcast that you speak in your classroom is that true that is true mm. um that was actually the first time that i went to your lab that was one of the primary things I walked away with mm. was self-judgment over how quickly I talk in the classroom. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, interesting. Because I I noticed like immediately like, um, yeah, your pace is much slower in the classroom. Mm. You know, like Paul will say things like, today, what we are going to do. <laughs> Whereas on the podcast, you'd be like, yeah, so today. Yeah, it would, just, yeah. It would be one word. So what we're going to do. Well, but it's recorded. So if somebody didn't catch it the first time, well, you know, hit pause, rewind, yeah, and try it again. again. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Goodness sakes. Um, so, yeah, I sort of have, I, I see around me, I think, all the time, the effects of this sort of self-improvement culture. And am I trying to improve myself? Of course I, you know. I mean, some things work well, some things don't work well. Adjust. Tomorrow's another day. Start over with lessons learned. Fine. You yeah. know, I have no problem with that at all. Um, I just, a lot of times, see it get baked into people at a really young age. And self-improvement does not mean, self-improvement rarely comes out with the action item being get more sleep and more well-balanced meals. Mm-hmm. It usually, <laughs> it's usually not how it plays out. A lot of times it plays out as not only do I have to have fun and kickball at recess, but I also have to get a 4.0 and the next thing you need to do is join a, a team and then I have to do some extracurriculars and then I have to volunteer a little bit and then I have to take the SAT nine times and then I have to, you yeah. know, do it. And it's like self-improvement gets converted into you know, a reward system of hustle culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the things that you're and the next thing you know, you're not sleeping at all. You're eating a bunch of takeout and uh, your hair is falling out. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're 19, 18, <laughs> 17, 16. Yeah. You know, and then we start looking towards uh, medication, either prescribed or self-medication to try to, you know, grind us through what we need to self-improve next. And then the next thing that we do, you know, to get through the self, to, for self-improvement is get treated for the anxiety disorder. And who knows where that came from? Yeah. You know, and how did that, how did that happen? It's like, well. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because I think even, even that grind mentality 
you know, is a coping mechanism for something, yeah, right. right? Like, so it's all, It's yeah. running running to or from something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, running to um, or from something. And it's interesting. So we are doing um, a thing this month mm-hmm. on our Instagram, which we might talk mm-hmm. a little more about at some point. Probably ought to. Um, but one of the things, we released a thing related to that today. Um, I guess I should just say what the thing is first. Um <laughs> There's a time for being coy and it's like for clarity and we're just about there. We know right? which one's which. Um, so we are in the month of November. And so we decided to put some emphasis on the no. On the no. In November. No. November. There's a pause there. No. November. Mm-hmm. It's almost like remember to say no. Yeah. That's kind of what we're going for here. Um, so what we're trying to do is throw out sort of 30 different possible invitations Mm -hmm. for ways we can say no um, over the course of the month of November. Um, And it's kind of a challenge. We um, are challenging people to 30 days of no. Um, I have been looking for the no in all of each of my days, Mm -hmm. um, which has been really enjoyable, although it is still only day three. Um, But the one we released today... day three and we're exhausted from from no... Remember. I did have this thought, like, we should just quit the project, like, halfway through the month and be like, we said no to yeah, this yeah. project. The irony of that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But the one we posted today was about saying no to urgency mm-hmm. um, so that you can say yes to a sustainable pace. And obviously, this is really influenced by my own personal theme for the month. Like, I often call November slow because mm. it usually is the time that I need to make some effort to remind myself to slow down. But I've been thinking a lot about urgency and where urgency comes from and who benefits when I am working through life in a way that acknowledges urgency. Like there are moments when urgency is important, right? Oh, yeah. Like if suddenly something in my house is on fire, yeah. I'm going to respond to that with urgency. Well, driving is an important mm-hmm. opportunity for urgency mm-hmm. to emerge. Right. Not urgency is getting there, but it's like, oh my God, what's this other person doing? Yes. I have to act with urgency. An urgent response. Or there may be an accident. Yes. But the the way that urgency shows up in our lives isn't always kind to ourselves and responding to urgency often doesn't serve us. Hmm. Right. Um, So I've been spending a lot of time asking when I feel a sense of urgency, whose urgency is this? And I keep finding that it's not mine. Yeah. 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 I had a a friend of mine who several years ago would had this statement. I only heard him say it once or twice, but he did say it to me. So (laughs) it it felt important at the time. I was a graduate student. Um, Mm -hmm. And he said, anything worth doing is worth doing quickly. And at the time, it was like, I'm trying to finish my degree. It's like, you know what? You're right. You know, I'm going to get on this. What am I screwing around for? It's worth doing. It should be done quickly. And, you know, more recently, I've been like, you know what? I don't know if that's true. That's one of those little, little statements that somebody in a position of mentorship or something says that it's super short and it's catchy and it makes sense on a superficial level. And it's like, that can get baked in a little bit. And that can be something that we carry sort of unknowingly. 
And it's like, you just kind of walk around in my life saying, well, things worth doing are worth doing quickly, thinking that that is some like Benjamin Franklin thing, you know, that was 700 years old, or clearly neither nor, neither what Benjamin Franklin did or when he lived. Uh, but it's like those aphorisms that go way back in time, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But then more recently, it's like, is that true? Because all the stuff that I found really worth doing were, were, were hard won through slowing down? Yeah, so my first response to this Well, it was, statement, <laughs> Yeah, like you could tell, I was literally revolted that by was that, your first, right? That was your first response yeah, to it. Yeah, so I <laughs> find that statement revolting. And the second thing that I would like to say about that is incredibly judgmental. Hmm. So the, the very snarky, but very authentic Sherry response to this is, there's no way that guy's good at sex. Hmm. Hmm. I should have said that. Yeah. I should have said that. Like, yeah. Like, no, like, things are worth savoring. Hmm. Um, like, a good meal? Why are you going to eat it fast? Yeah. Right? Like, so many things. So many. Ugh. He's so wrong. <laughs> I don't say many things are wrong, but that... Yeah, that, that's wrong. Um, that's wrong Yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah. And I think the, the context of it, the, the context dependency of it, I think is, is, is particular. Academic environment, doing research project, collecting data, publish or perish, get nine publications out this year, you're not going to get... Everything is about grind and hustle, to a, to, literally to a fault. To which I um, say no thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the reasons why... I love my job. I think it's fantastic. I don't have, you know, the sword of Damocles hanging over my, Rocky Horror, right? Mm -hmm. The sword of Damocles hanging over my head. That's the only way that I know what the sword of Damocles is, is from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Telling me that if I don't, you know, it's not if I don't do these things, I'm not going to reward it. If I don't meet this, this, this level, then I'm I'm actively going to be fired. Um, I don't have that going on. Yeah. And And for that, I'm thankful, but, the the context of of cultures and institutions can result in anything worth doing is worth doing quickly being uh, about self preservation in a in an in, a, in an environment mm-hmm. and to those environments I say no thank <laughs> no thank you yeah. um, that's not good for me um, that's uh, my cardiovascular system doesn't appreciate it either. I'm trying to actually think of context in which speed is, um, really king or queen. Yeah. Or queen. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure. Where do we actually want speed? Oh, I thought of one. Okay. I went and got my COVID booster. Oh Yeah. And how do you want a shot to go down? Yeah, quickly. Yeah, that is not how my COVID booster went. Like, um, I have never experienced someone execute a shot in slow motion. Oh, wow, really? But that that fine woman did. Um, and so that is a thing worth doing She quickly. really savored the shot giving experience. She did. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would Yikes. have preferred that to go differently. Yikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodness. I didn't Goodness tell you that. Like, no, that's... Uh... Yeah, I did not have that experience. <gasps> you um, don't want it. The okay. experience I had was that the uh, the person giving the the shot at the local CVS 
uh, came out into where the chairs are and said, who's the next victim? (laughs) I'm not kidding. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. We had a good time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, anything worth doing is worth doing quickly. And that implies all kinds of things, which I think is pervasive and cogent to this conversation, that all of this is sort of, and I don't want to mix themes on this podcast, which uh-huh. is which means I'm about to mix themes on this podcast on the heels of an election, right, that we just had, which we're not going to talk about <laughs> during this say, episode. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, which we're not going to talk about in too much detail here, um, if at any. Um, as if all of this is heading in some particular direction towards some destination that we're, you know, that's ultimately going to be where everything is perfect. It's like this... This notion or this imagery that we're on some spacecraft heading to this other solar system and when we get there, we're going to be in this utopian thing. And so let's all hurry up and do the things we need to do in order to get there. And um, this, not only everything worth doing is, is worth doing quickly, I question that, but why? What's the rush? Where's what, the what, fire? Yeah, it's like what's the rush in, yeah. in getting to where this is I mean, one of the things that I've I've sort of raged against, um, just with like standard education, I almost said Western education, but I think it's all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, any any sort of traditional accredited educational model is you take a class and you get a grade, yeah, and it's one of five one of five letters. Mm-hmm. I think at this point we all know what those letters are. We Despite may the seen, fact that they miss one in the alphabet, they miss, mm-hmm. what's up with the e? Why is there I know e? it's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's like they went so fast that they they skipped they didn't one. realize they, they skipped they, they skipped one. an mm-hmm. A and then they made up an excuse for why it made sense. Yeah, yeah, and That's it's like what is fail. it? So the question for me is always like, what does that what does that grade represent? Yeah. And the one thing that I really have a hard time trying to justify is that that grade actually represents mastery of content. Mm. It's more about you know can I can I learn this material in this particular way that's approved by whatever institution in the time allotted. It's more about how long we have. To, to learn information and integrate it and respond to it than it is about what the information is in and of itself. Because, oh, what if you're a slow learner? It's like, well, then you're not going to get a good grade because it's not whether or not you can learn it. It's whether or not you can learn it in 10 weeks or 12 mm-hmm. weeks or 16 weeks. The grade isn't always about whether you can learn it. It's about the rate. It's about the right. rate. And it's like, now that's not being factored into this model, I believe, of, <laughs> in an explicit way in this educational environment. And it's like, well, if you get a bad grade, you can always take it twice. It's like, that's putting me in the exact same situation I was in before, you know, in, in kind of a different way. So even this, anything worth doing is worth doing quickly. Hurry up. Um, make sure that we get all this done so we can get on to the next thing, which is a step closer to the perfect model of the universe that we're striving to. I, I have not seen a case made for for that. I mean, case in point, watch uh, Star, Star Trek. Well, you can't do Star Wars because it was like a long time ago and we're like progressively looking forward. So it's got to be Star Trek because that is like totally in the future by what, a couple hundred years? Yeah. Stardate, whatever, year 23, who's he what, right? After the nuclear war. 48, Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, they still got problems. You know, they, have, <laughs> they even solved everything. You know, yeah. you don't see Picard up there saying, hey, man, or Kirk or whoever, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing quickly. So many other episodes of, of Star Trek, for example, are, you know, Picard going back and slowing down in his, in his vineyard 
in France, you know, <laughs> kind of living the, the relaxed life and doing just fine with it. And um, it, I, I just, I, that combined with I've never really ever been able to accurately with any, any ability whatsoever to predict what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Why do it quickly? You know, and this is not just a case that okay, everybody drop what you're doing and do nothing for the next four months. It's not necessarily that um, either. And we talked about this a little bit last week, like what, how do you know what your path is and mm-hmm. what is finding flow and doing what it is that your being calls you to do. We talked about that a little bit last week. But just the fact that I what I have to keep in mind is do things quickly if they're worth doing at all. And the hurry up in this and the that sense of urgency, yeah, I think gets snowballed into how much can I cram into a day, which leads to multitasking, which means leads to less sleep, which leads to bad behaviors, which leads to over caffeination, which leads to you know all these things that fit directly into the hustle culture disguised as self improvement, right? Well, and success, and success, and success. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is that underlying all this urgency is the sense that the urgency is getting us somewhere. Yeah. Right. Right. Like there is a destination. It's, I mean, it's the hamster wheel, right? Like we're on the hamster wheel because we believe what we believe that the hamster wheel is taking us somewhere. No, we know it's not. We can see we're not going anywhere. So it's like, we believe that somehow this hamster wheel is generating something, uh, worthy something desirable something that has value at the expense of ourselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's it's a racket it's this greater good notion yeah you know doing doing a taking one for the team for the greater good i'm mixing metaphors i think am i i think i think you have used two metaphors i'm all for the greater good if that um is all about like reducing suffering and right you know food Security, <laughs> housing yeah. security, you know, the availability of education and medical care. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. that sort of greater good. Yeah. Right. But the the race towards, you know, towards if, if we if we do these things, then and do them quickly, then the problems will be solved and everything is going to be great from there on out. And right. when I say that, I'm thinking more about the election yesterday than anything else. Yeah. You know, there's both celebrating and catastrophizing on the heels of an election. It's like there's election every four years. Then again, my election own... every year. Yeah, yeah, there's election every year, you know, and I have to also acknowledge that my own position in society and my privilege, I'm not going to lose my rights depending on who gets voted. And that's not true for half of our population. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's... There are places for which... There are contexts in which the urgency is real, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, it's not as though I don't believe in urgency. It's that I want to know where the urgency is coming from. Yeah. Right? Like, so, you know, there are some results of the recent election that do have me feeling a sense of urgency based upon you know, certain kinds of rights that I advocate for that I feel are more threatened in our state now, right? right, Like that reality feels urgent to me um, because 
because there's human there are human needs at stake, right? Uh-huh. But I also understand that my personal urgency is different, right? Like it's like this pervasive sense of if I don't personally do everything, the world is going to like explode, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's more of a Star Wars thing, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you know, it's just, I think, and this relates to another thing we put on the board the other day. We were really on fire with that board. We were on fire mm-hmm. on that board, yeah. Um, the other thing we put on the board was what, and this relates to the sense of like what makes us happy and how we relate to urgency in life. Um, I think as we observe urgency, we have to understand that not all work is ours to be done. Yeah, right. right? right. So what is our work to be done? I don't know that I said that correctly. What is the work for us to do? Let's I think say both it that are way. fine. Yeah, I think both okay, are great, fine. Thanks. Yeah, I think both are fine. Um, and, and what is my sort of contribution to my community as I'm working out what my work to be done is um and figuring all of that out is separate from understanding the sense of timing or what has to be done quickly like so there's knowing that there's work to be done and then there's what work actually has a time limit on it mm-hmm. right because we did some we i mean we've done things very quickly before we just had a grant proposal that we submitted that we we knocked out pretty quickly we work well together yes with so it's like that's not like it was a. So that's an interesting example. We lived, but there was a pretty firm deadline on that, and <laughs> and that there, was that was worth doing, and it was worth doing, and it was worth submitting on time. <laughs> there was yeah, so there and was we a, did and all we did. of yeah, I agree with all of that, and so my question for you is, did you feel a sense of urgency related to it? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it it was a sense of something. Yeah. Um, what ooh, I'm not sure if it was question? urgency though. Yeah, I, I'm not altogether sure. I was I was thinking about this the other day. It's like I was feeling something that I a a less uh, introspective, awakened person may have called urgency, but it actually might have been urgency. Well, <laughs> it's like I'm not sure. I'm still sort of picking that apart without spending too much time on it. But it it felt like something that was to be done that I really wanted to happen, and the clock was ticking on it and it's like we need to get this thing knocked out and yeah well so that was my the other question that came to me as you were talking is like what does urgency feel like and it's part of as i'm saying this i have this rise against song in my head where there's this lyric that says um do you feel the underlying sense of urgency and and i think within american culture there's an underlying sense of urgency no for sure so sure so what is that? What are the qualities of urgency when they emerge in you? Um, like his felt sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it it feels like a loss of agency to do things um, in my own self interest. Mm. Like in terms of like what is what is like a good right healthy thing to do. It's like I have to do this thing, and um, health be damned so to speak i'll stay up late and do it and i'll drink nine cups of coffee and do it and um this this pressure behind the eyes of i need to get hard, i need to get this thing done and i really this it's really urgent so it's this drop everything 
everything else gets shoved off, intense focus on this one particular thing, which I can do. I was mm-hmm. in graduate school. I know how to do that. I can do that really I can do that really well. Yeah. Um, I can do that really well. Uh, I wouldn't say that it feels physically healthy Yeah. to me. It feels like I'm burning the engine pretty hot mm-hmm. when, when, when I'm in that state. And that's probably true for emergencies that are actually are emergent. Hmm. like medical emergencies. Not that I like live a life where there's a lot of medical emergencies, but time <laughs> in my past when I felt like true urgency is don't run into that car or call 911 or something like that. It, it feels similar. Yeah. So, you know, getting a work thing done on time is not the same as don't hit that car and call <laughs> and call 911. <laughs> Yet the body somehow interprets them in very similar ways. It does. You know, it, it feel, you know, you get the you get the same physiological effects no matter what. And yeah. um whatever price is paid health-wise and physiologically for whatever it takes to burn so hot that we cannot run in the car and we can get 911 called is the same one. It's like, I need to respond to that email to that person who's not even thinking about it right now, but boy, it sure feels important. Mm-hmm. And uh, the price is possibly higher than what the situation warrants in that case. Yeah. I mean, I think that urgency feels like life or death. Yeah, it does. And often when it's not. Yeah. Right? Like there's a, there's a kind of scarcity to it. There's a ticking clock. If there's like a, a wonderful sense of dread. Yeah, it is dread. It is right? dread. It is it's dread. dread. Um, but yeah, it's it's so interesting how it. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like things that once upon a time were urgent for humans truly were urgent. Were urgent, yeah, right. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, if I know, don't plow this field, we are going to starve. Yes. I need to chop this firewood or we're going to freeze to death. If I don't run from this lion, it will eat me. It will eat me. Yeah, there are truly urgent things. Yeah. Um, so I think those that response like gets kicked up. And I think that's why like part of what I'm trying to, to do a little check down with is whose urgency is this? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it urgency that comes from the lion that is staring at me? No lion is present. Right. What else I got? Right. Um, and part of that, you know, showed up just like um, yesterday we had a day where our college was closed mm-hmm. um, and um, because it was election day, as was mentioned, right? Um, and so I spent a lot of that day, even though our college was closed, feeling an urgent sense that I should be working. Mm. And I wrestled with that. Um And I think part of it was because, like, I had an expectation for how the day was going to go. My energy levels and where my focus was did not match that. Mm. And so um, I woke up this morning feeling a lot of urgency to, like, be focused on my job and to to catch up. Like, there's this idea that I am somehow behind. Um, But I'm not, right? right? Like, there are things to do. And if I had done things, I would have today discovered other things to do. Mm-hmm. There's always things to be done. Oh, always. There's always things to be done. Right? Um, and that doesn't change. <laughs> it doesn't change. No. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't, that doesn't change based on career yeah. or anything. It's like if you have a completely different career or no career, um, there's still 
you wake up in the morning and there's stuff yeah to to do and of course there are periods in time where it's like oh there's a lot to do versus there's not much to do but there's always something to do if it's not just you know find what i'm going to eat next um there's a, a story that i heard recently about um i don't know where where i heard this it was in a meditation group um that i was that i was uh having a, a zoom check in with mm-hmm. and um we were talking about one of the relatives in india they were asking, you know, because the COVID was just a catastrophe. Yeah. In 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 India, I don't know if it still is or not. I haven't haven't checked in a while. Um, but uh, she has relatives in India, and she asked her uncle or somebody, you know, it's like, so are you are you guys worried about COVID? And you know, the response that she got was, I don't, I can't worry about COVID. I'm trying to think about where my next meal is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And it's like COVID, you know, wor- worrying about COVID's a luxury, you know, to, to some people who are on the street, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what's for lunch, you know, where they're in the median of the road holding this cardboard sign, yeah, you know, trying to find out, you know, trying to get money for a sandwich to to have have lunch, right? And um, the urgency is different. Um, and w- which is why I hesitate when people say the word um, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's worried about COVID. It's like that's not true. Contexts are different. Situations are different. Everybody really feels you know stressed out about this this particular thing. Do they? Yeah. Do they? Oh boy, that election was a catastrophe. It's like well, fifty one percent of the Commonwealth disagrees with you, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know so. Um, or that election was fantastic. Yeah, well, 49% of the Commonwealth disagrees with you. So it's like this this seeing that the situation that we're in is uniform with everyone, you mm-hmm. know, rather than focusing on our own personal experience and how we're personally feeling, which is all we can really honestly speak to. Yeah. Um, I think it comes to mind with me when talking about this urgency Everybody is waiting for me to send this email. Um, the other person is sitting up at three o'clock in the morning waiting for me to send this thing. I have done this where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm just going to get up. It's mm-hmm. 2.30 a.m. and I'm just going to write the thing and send it. Yeah. And they read it uh, in, a, in a day or two when they normally would have if I would have just waited. We've talked about this on the yeah. podcast, I think, before. It's like they're not waiting up for you to read your email. They're not checking their inbox every five minutes waiting no. for that email to come in. I promise you. Yeah, they're not. So yeah, I don't know where that urgency comes from, and but it, it's different. But I, I don't think that that sense that there's there's something that I, I have to do next. Yeah, is 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 one that is impossible to get away from. I, I think it, I think it's I think everybody has it, in at one time or another it's been encountered, and it's what initiates that feeling is different for everyone. And it used to be relevant a lot more than it it is now. With the lion is going to eat me. Or I need to chop this firewood because I live in Alaska and I'm about to freeze to death. Um, the body's sort of a one-trick horse with this kind of stuff, and it, it feels the same thing for all of them. It, yeah, you know, the other thing that I started thinking about though is the way that we listen to our bodies and our body's sense of felt urgency, right? Like, and it's just occurring to me that I think we sometimes get this really wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so with your example of the email in the middle of the night, right? Like, so you feel this urgency to respond to an email, right? But there is an urgent need in the middle of the night that could be incredibly dangerous if you don't attend to it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a need for sleep. Yes. Right? So, and like then the the idea of like, yeah, some people don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And under certain conditions, that could become a very urgent need. Yeah. Right. right, right, And I think we see this all the time, um, particularly on college campuses around the month of November. Right. Um, Sleep and food are urgent needs. Yeah. Right. And yet there's so much urgency for the manufactured human need of a good grade that we don't listen for the body crying out for its most basic needs because we are responsible bonding instead to this other kind of urgency right so how do you how do you think that the manufactured urgency was able to get a voice louder than physiological need well i don't know that i have an answer to that question but it's a good one but something that came to mind as you asked it is that's sort of the how did it get this way how did it get (laughs) this way yeah But one thing that I think is true is that we get confused about what is urgent when we're not taking care of those most basic needs. Mm, That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you can't necessarily always work, do a check down of like, you know, for example, if I stay asleep instead of getting up and writing this email, what will happen? Very little, Very right? Very little. But when you are sleep deprived and you're up in the middle, you've talked about this on this podcast before, mm-hmm. you're up in the middle of the night, you're sleep deprived, you're not able to make good choices about what else in your life feels urgent, oh, right. right? Um, we had a situation on Monday. I say we, you may not have I was going to say, did we? What we had a situation. But I had a situation within myself on Monday um, Monday, I forgot to eat lunch mm. and we held an event mm. in the afternoon mm-hmm. and I had, um, delightful snacks, but they were all of the sugar nature. Um, and by the time I got home and I did like a check down on my needs and what I was noticing within myself versus what my physiological needs were, I was noticing that I was incredibly irritated by a set of experiences And like, I was thinking like, what do I do about this situation? What do I do about this relationship even? And what I realized is, Sherry, what you do is you take some cold medicine, you eat a meal and you go to bed. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that is the extent of the solution. Right. Right. Like, you know, but my hungry, like sleep deprived, not well head is seeing problems where there aren't any. Mm-hmm. I see lions where where there are none. Where there are none. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Does that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I make up all kinds of things that need urgency that aren't actually real or true. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it, it seems so back, you know, so I, I, I don't know if there's homework in this. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, what's the what's the process here? Go through the day and, and write down all the times when you feel like something needs to be urgently done. How many of them are real and how many of those are fabricated? I yeah. don't know. Um, when you feel a really urgent need, what's the nature of it? Where does it come from? From mm-hmm. whom does it come from and who does it serve? And um, 
I think that would be informative. Yeah. To to do that. I'm just, just it's kind of an exercise in paying attention to when I feel a particular way, which is either gross or um, makes me run a little hot with um, feelings or sensations that I know that aren't aren't ones that promote longevity, mm-hmm. <laughs> for mm-hmm. lack of a better way to say it, that get the blood pressure up and, you know, that bring in some anxiety or some stress or some, you know, tension or whatever it might be. Uh, who's asking? And mm-hmm. what are you doing? I didn't, and, and what, and, and what's the, what's the ask? Not just who's asking, but what, what is the ask related to? Yeah. Because I mean, the, I mean, you and I talked about this many times, and I think you you bore the brunt of this more than 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 I have. the the whole the the request that comes in the form of it'll be really good for your career if you, <laughs> you know, uh, and and those are, I, I think, tactics uh, designed to make others look good at the expense of self and yeah. through and through. I think if, if one of those such if, if anybody ever says that to you. Seriously, consider running in the other direction. Yeah. You know, and, and wonder why? Why would they send? Are they saying that in my best interest, or are they saying that in their own best? You know, um, who gets who gets the benefit of 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 me doing this thing? Is it really me in my career? And how would that person know? Is that is this actually coercion? Is mm-hmm. this actually coercion? Oh, if is. you if you do this thing, then you know I can ensure that your career is going to be a good and lucrative. Way. So. Well, but these things they they come out they come across selling like care. They do, they do. But the, uh, the other side of that sheep's clothing. is like it will be really good for your career. I think the first step is asking what is lacking in my career currently. Right, right. right, right, right. Um, that's left. That's always left a little vague. It in is. The, in that. Yeah, and you know. Um, also, just because it would be good for your career does not mean it would be good for you. And like I, I find that I'm spending a lot of time teasing out these differences. Like what's the difference between what's something I can do, can offer, could contribute, and should? That certainly might be good for someone's career. It would be good for a career. Yeah. And I mean... You know, we can think about the need behind that ask, right? Like, because sometimes I think about this even in terms of how we respond to such a request, right? Like, so somebody says, this would be really good for your career. Like, the response to that, instead of, yes, I would like to further my career, could be, what I hear is that you have an opportunity and you would like to support someone's career. How can I help you find that person? Yeah. Because it ain't me. It ain't me. (laughs) Yeah, we we oftentimes don't put that last part on there, but it certainly is yeah. <laughs> implied yeah. in in there. What a what a dose of wisdom yeah. uh, it takes to and and uh, awareness it takes to to be able to um, leverage a, a sensation of that and actually articulate and speak those words out loud. Yeah, and I, I think that is where some of the workshops that we offer really. I think we try to get at some of that a little bit because mm-hmm. it's not just, we don't just talk about good ideas. It's like, okay, so now it's uh, skill building time. Yep. Let's practice. So Let's practice. turn to your partner, right? And practice saying no. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing that uh, in what, two weeks? In two weeks. Two yeah. weeks from when we're recording that, we're doing a boundaries workshop. And we'll talk about okay. that uh, in another podcast, I think. Yeah, probably. That seems right. Yeah. Um, how do you, what does it actually sound like when you when you say it? Yeah. Um, like, what does it feel like to say, to, you know, the more familiar we can get with the, with the, 
the the act of actually going through the process of saying that, like literally saying that out loud. Yeah. Um, the more opportunity you see to to offer it, and the easier it is to say. Mm-hmm. And it, it the pressure is taken off of my God, this is really uncomfortable, and this, this feels urgent, and I have to come up with something to say right now. Blah blah blah, and onto. Um, okay, this was just said. Is this my work to do? No, it's not my work to do. I'm going to offer this yeah. get-out-of-jail-free card because that's what it is. Yeah. That phrase is a get-out-of-jail-free because you would regret the second you say the mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, 95% of the time, I would suggest. Um, and, you know, being able to comfortably say no and knowing that you have within you the ability to comfortably say no lets you spend a little more time and energy on the spot discerning whether a response is needed right now or if it really is in your in your mission statement for yourself. Right. Well, and and I think sometimes some of that work is discerning the the con- the context of the no, right? Sometimes it's not even like somebody a- it, sometimes it's not even somebody asking you to do something. Sometimes it's a check-in about whether you have done something, right? Yeah, right. So like thinking about emails we haven't sent or, you know, in our case, um one of the things that used to cause me a lot of distress uh, was when I would walk into a classroom and a student would ask me, have you graded blank? Oh, yeah. right? right? And I right. notice a lot of people like that causes them distress. Like um, anytime someone asks them if they've done something that they know is their responsibility and also know they haven't done. Right. Like that no is so difficult. But but the reality is no, no, I have not graded that thing. Um And so what I used to find myself doing early career was I would say no, and then I would notice the the shame in me, and then I would make a promise I couldn't Mm -hmm. stick to. So I would say, no, I haven't, but it'll get done this afternoon. Yeah, right. right. And then I've created a sense of urgency that serves no one. Yeah. And so I've started responding to that question where I know the answer is no with what makes you ask? Mm -hmm. Are you concerned about your grade? Right. And then I get because the question isn't really about whether I've done my job. The question is about their anxiety right. about their standing. Right. Right. And right. and that helps me because otherwise I will. Oh, I hate telling people I haven't done what I've said I, I will do. Yeah. It stinks. It does stink. But what really needs what's the real need behind the mm-hmm. question? Yeah. Is the issue. It's a good question to ask. So saying no when we don't want to do things, saying yeah, no when important. we do want to do things. That's yeah, important. And that's a whole process of learning how to how to say no. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a way to turn that phrase, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing quickly into something more productive. Anything worth doing is worth doing. Of all the slowly, things that are worth doing, some of them can be done quickly. Yeah. And others not. <laughs> Yeah. uh, Because you can't even put a value judgment on it. Like, there are things that can be done. Some of them you can do quickly. Good day. Recycle that that aluminum can. Awesome. I can do that quickly. There's a recycle bin right there. Finish your dissertation. Well... That's another conversation. There are, I mean, there's just what some are the bounds things. on that? Yeah, it's unbound. It's an unbounded statement. Well, yeah. and part of this comes from like an efficiency culture, right? Like, yeah, right. and the idea that efficiency is best is, is just a lie. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, it is, it is. there are some things that, like, boy, that, 
that McDonald's did give me an efficient ration of fries. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's that's where that's where people start getting into hacks. Yeah, you know I'm going to start loading myself up with some nootropics and I'm going to put shaved you know shaved wood chips in this whiskey so it ages in two years instead of ten and I'm going to uh, you know where's the steroids yeah I mean whatever right I mean yeah there are plenty of plenty of podcasts and websites out there where you can get all your life hacks that you might need. Um, and there are serious big chunks of the economy that are built around that, you know, productivity software. It's called productivity software for a reason. Yeah, because they're you know. selling you something. Yeah, and I think the... And what they're selling you is your own deficiency. Well, yeah, and, you know, you know, Shauna is a, is a product manager. And mm-hmm. one of her, uh, one of the things that is really within her responsibility set, which is a very important one, is what is an actual reasonable and accurate timeline on getting this thing done? Because if you get, if you had the 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 price of missing a deadline is far worse than coming mm-hmm. up with a reasonable deadline that is farther away than people want it to be. Yeah. Ugh, that's so hard. You know. Yeah, understanding time, managing in a way expectations. That is manageable. Yeah, managing expectation of mm-hmm. of stakeholders. Yeah, so she's basically doing urgency management. She is, yeah, absolutely. And I've seen it both. I've seen it happen where it's it's gone well, and I've seen it happen where somebody <laughs> dropped a ball somewhere, you know, and she has to do a little cleanup. Yeah. On that, and it's not it's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty all the time. Cool. Well, how do you think you did slowing down this this fine podcast day? I don't know. I'll listen to the podcast seven or eight times and agonize over it a little bit, and we'll see. Mm, that sounds like a really felt good, really nice. How do you way. think I did? Um, I never thought there was a problem, therefore I cannot perceive of a solution. However, <laughs> I enjoyed this podcast. Just like I did the 88 before. Yeah, just like the 88 before. So anything worth doing, such as this podcast, is worth doing. Period. Period. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And it's worth doing again. I do know that. Savor life. Indeed. And podcasts. Absolutely. Woo! There it is. Have a wonderful evening, Sherry. You too, Paul. Thank you, listener. Um, check out the Insta if you want to see the 30 days of November. So I think we're only doing that on the Instagram. We are only doing that on the Instagram. Yeah, so go ahead and give that a uh, say yes to, to following that. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we put them in the stories so that there's a fostered sense of false urgency that they will go away. Yeah, but it's also on the grid. We've created some scarcity to make things seem more important. So yeah, um, so check it out. Uh, you can get that on the on the website or whatever, what is it? Which just most this most unbelievable life to search an instant and it'll pop up. It'll sh- so, it'll yeah. show up. Um, yeah, absolutely. And if you choose to say no to something as a result of uh, thirty days of no, we would love to see what you have said no to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we hope it's not this podcast. Yeah, and uh, we talked about the pizza party before. Yeah. You say no to ten things and you get a free. Paid for by yourself pizza party. <laughs> a, free, a free pizza party that you pay for by yourself. I think, <laughs> I've been thinking about putting that in our workshop uh, in a couple of weeks. And that yeah, idea yeah, yeah. comes from my friend Darcy, who receives, who should receive all credit for that oh, beautiful cool, idea. Cool, cool, yeah. 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 Nate. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Sherry. Have a great day, everybody. You too. November. November. Yes to the podcast. No to November. Mm-hmm. See you, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. 
This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. Yes.